Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast of one of the biggest games in West Ham's history, or at least since this time last year when we were in a European semi-final of Europe's secondary competition rather than the tertiary one. However, West Ham going to Thursday night's Europa Conference League semi-final second leg against AZ Alkmaar in Holland with a 2-1 lead. After the first leg, that was last Thursday at London Stadium. We then went to Brentford in the Premier League and lost 2-0. But who really cares? Huge week for West Ham United. The real chance of getting to a European final in Prague. I'm Will Pugh. I'm joined by my mate, James Jones. Jonesy, it's a different feeling to the Europa League. And all the memories are coming up on the Instagram stories of this time last year, when for all of the games, severely on Frankfurt, I was just a mess. Like, I was a mess. I was giddy. <laughs> I couldn't really like get on board with it all. The difference this year is that we were expected to win a lot of the games we've played so far. And to be fair, we have. Everyone obviously absolutely lost their minds when we only drew one all in the away leg against Ghent before absolutely walloping them at home in the return leg. With one, everyone expects us to get to the final. Really, everyone sort of expects us to win, including our own fans. So it's a different it's a different feeling because unlike the Europa League, I didn't feel like we had anything to lose. I was just like so happy and enjoyed the whole thing and really excited. This time it's tinged with a bit of expectation which makes it a different feeling. But the fact of the matter is, it's taken a little bit longer to catch up with me, but West Ham are in a European semi-final on Thursday, second leg, and we could actually win it and go through. So (laughs) it's just sort of hitting me. I'm really, really flipping excited about it now. I don't care about the Premier League. I've been saying it for weeks and weeks and weeks on this podcast. Always knew we'd be safe. I said we've got to win the Conference League. It looks like we've got a chance. All we need to do is draw with AZ Alkmaar away on Thursday. Surely, Jonesy, tell me that we can. Oh, we definitely can, mate. Definitely can. Um, Tell me we will. Tell me we will. Sorry, rephrase. I'll I'll be honest. I know that there's this this stat going around that AZ haven't lost a a home game in Europe for 7,500 years or something ridiculous. (laughs) Don't need Um, to beat them. But we don't need to beat them. We can draw with them and they can can keep that. They can keep that record. Go on, you can keep that. I have your record, lads. Yeah. You, you have your record. We'll just go through We'll the go final. to the final. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I'm not bothered about that. I, I do feel quietly confident that we're going to be in the final. And um, I'm hoping that prematurely buying tickets won't come back to bite me like I did when I prematurely bought a hotel room in Seville last year um, and ended up flogging mm. into a Rangers fan. 
Um, don't fancy mm. my chance to flog it to a Fiorentina or a Basel fan. Um, a Basel flight, fan, so. yeah. So, yeah. but... Or an Asian Alkmaar fan, to be fair. Or an Asian Alkmaar fan, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I'm 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 confident, um, quietly confident. Um, but that is tinged with just awful, awful nerves already. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I am, yeah. I'm like, because this time last year we went into the second leg and we were losing two one, and it was like we've got a job to do here, and you kind of almost mm. half expect us to not do it. Mm. Um, and then it was over within 15 minutes when Creswell got sent off. Now yeah, it's like we're, we're, we're one, we've got one foot in the final. We're only 90 mm. minutes away. And it's like it could stay in the middle for 90 <laughs> minutes and we're through. And uh, oh, oh, my God, mate, like we're so close. So, mm. yeah, absolutely buzzing. Uh, very, very nervous. Um, and, yeah, you're right. <laughs> the Premier League can get in the bin. Don't care about that at the moment or ever. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, and do you know? Do you know what? Do you know what? It's it's also there's a lot more riding on it this year because if we don't win this, then we're not in Europe next year. Mm. And we've got we've become so addicted to these European nights and these European adventures yeah. and these journeys to semi-finals and whatnot that a year without it kind of would feel really weird. Like yeah, like no no rubbish. no, like don't want that, don't want that. Yeah. So we we want Europe again. We want Europe Europe forever. Doesn't matter what what. European competition it is I could bring you the Toto Cup back and I'll be up for playing in that every year like whatever mm. it's good fun so yeah all over it buzzing very nervous but yeah yes yeah, hope you get it done yeah honestly mate it's just it's, t- it's been a proper slow burner and even before the first leg I was sort of you know excited on the day and um you know like I, I genuinely did enjoy the day and I thought the game was really entertaining we'll obviously look back on it in a bit more detail in a bit but it still wasn't the same level as I felt last year. It's just hit me, basically. Last sort of, I don't know, day or two. I had a chat with my dad last night about, because I'm going to be in Malaga for a wedding, like in the build-up to the final. So I'm going to be flying there to Prague from Malaga. Provisional conversations with you about going to Prague anyway and meeting up and having a weekend there yeah. just for a laugh. I chatted to my dad yesterday about, you know, how many goals we need to be up in the second leg on Thursday before I book his flights to go to Malaga, then to Prague with me. Uh, and it's all just like, oh. Um, and, but you know what? Just to kill the mood a little bit, I talked, to, obviously, you know, I go to a lot of football matches with my dad, always have done. And what you were saying just then about you just want Europe regardless. That is exactly how I feel, right? Just give me Europe because I'm over like watching us lose 1-0 at home to Brighton every year in the Premier League and that be the only thing. Um, my dad goes the other day. Yeah, you know, though, I was sort of like giddy with excitement and talking about the plans. He just goes, yeah, well, you know, thing is, though, it wouldn't be the end of the world not to win it, would it? Because at least then we might have a few home games Saturday 3 o'clock again. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> well, to be like, fair, he's got a point. but Dad, shut up, has he got a point? You you love a good three o'clock Saturday, but um because you get the rest of the week weekend to recover. But um I would take never having a three PM on a Saturday yeah. ever again if it meant us being in Europe. For your team to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, he said it. I literally did, like I nearly pushed him on the train tracks. I was just, <laughs> just like, what on earth are you talking about? I couldn't I was so angry about it. Um but yeah, I'm just giddy. I'm just giddy, man. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. The other thing I'm excited about, Jones, we must get in, uh, is um, we are West Ham are going down under. 
Uh, I wish it was the whole of We Are West Ham. Unfortunately, it's just me. Uh, but thanks to the absolute astounding generosity of Miriam Errington in Adelaide. She's a long-time listener to the podcast. Her firm is Miriam Errington Conveyancing. So if you're selling or buying a house in Adelaide in Australia at the moment or beyond Adelaide, to be fair, and you need any conveyancing done, give Miriam a shout because thanks to her and, as I said, the absolute unfathomable generosity, uh, I'm flying to Australia for West Ham's two pre-season games in the summer against Perth Glory and against Tottenham Hotspur. Both of those games are going to be in Perth. I'm going to be in Perth for about a week for those games. Looking to set something up at the moment. Um, like a live podcast event, something like that um, in Perth. So I can hope to meet loads of you guys. I know we've got absolutely loads of listeners down under. I know that the vast majority of you are going to be in Perth for those games. So we're looking to do a, a like just like a meetup, a few pints, uh, get James on on the other end do a little bit of a pod, have a bit of a chat, talk about West Ham, have a few beers, that sort of stuff. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. And also uh, I'm going to be in Adelaide as well. Uh, I know lots of you are already aware of that. I'm going to be putting on a live podcast event in Adelaide uh, a little bit after those games in Perth. I'm going to firm up the dates very shortly. But as I said, it's all thanks to the huge generosity of Miriam Errington and her company, Miriam, Miriam Errington Conveyancing. So, uh, yeah, huge thanks to her. That's exciting. A few of you have got in touch already. I'm chatting to Guy in Adelaide. Roger's been on as well. The uh, few of you have been in touch. I, 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 if I haven't replied to your emails already, I will do. But keep getting in touch. Uh, I need some advice. Looking forward to meet as many of you as I can. When I'm down there, it's wearewestampod at gmail.com. You can also get us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. I'm at William Pugh underscore James is at by James Jones. On Instagram at We Are West Ham Pod. You can get us on Facebook as well. But yeah, it's all very exciting and couldn't be doing it uh, if it wasn't for Miriam. So I'm going to be getting lots of content out while we're over there. James is going to be dialing in uh, for a couple of those still. So yeah, that's exciting. Something to look forward to. Get in touch if you think you might be able to help, slash, you just know you're going to be about and you fancy going for a beer at some point. Um, and if you can teach me some of the language and protect me from snakes and spiders of the poisonous variety, and kangaroos, and apparently a thing called a quokka, which I only learned what that was the other day. That, honestly, James, you, you Google them. Q-U-O-K-K-A. Is that West Ham's uh, not, new 50 million striker in the summer? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In replace of Gianluca Scamacca, just someone else <laughs> who's going to get... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gianluca Quokka, just going to get injured <laughs> after two games. Yeah, but um, yeah, so uh, anyway, get in touch. That's exciting. Thursday's exciting. I don't care about the Premier League anymore, but we will briefly look back at the Brentford game as well as looking ahead to the Leeds game in the Premier League on Sunday with Darren from the LS11 podcast. Eric Divisi Mike is back to look ahead to the actual important game this week, which is the second leg of the Europa Conference League semi-final on Thursday. Then you'll have some final thoughts from me and Jonesy. Loads of stuff coming up. I'm in Scotland at the moment. James has been in Canada, but we still wanted to make sure, just like we did last week, we got the podcast out for you guys in what is an enormous week for West Ham United. Loads coming up, loads to cover. Stay with us for all of it. All of it's coming up next. 
Jonesy, uh, Thursday night, we beat AZ Alkmaar 2-1. We went 1-0 down. And look, we went 1-0 down after what could easily have been given as a foul if the referee wasn't a classic attention-seeking European referee desperate for the spotlight to be on him rather than the actual talented football players. That was really annoying. Paqueta looked like he got a shove. They went up the other end. A decent hit, to be fair. Like you still got to put it in from there. Ariola could have done better. I don't Should really agree better. with... Yeah, I don't agree with such the better. grief that he was getting. And then West Ham got themselves back into the game courtesy of a penalty. Um, and then, look, I, I'll be honest, it's one of those things. I'm a bit fed up of it recently. I perhaps just need to stop going on Twitter. But... Yeah, there's still a lot of moaning, right? So West Ham get back into the game, don't they? Side Ben Rama, penalty on 67 minutes, and then Mikhail Antonio, eight minutes later, makes it 2-1. To be quite honest, by the end of the game, Asia Outmar was strung out, weren't they? They were tired, they were out of shape, and I was disappointed we didn't get another one. But ultimately, we've won the game. I thought we were all over them. They really didn't have like too much going forward. I didn't think, I think they had three shots on target. The entire game, but I don't particularly remember other than the one that went in being worried or Alphonse Ariola having to do anything particularly rogue. I also thought it was a very entertaining game. There are my thoughts on it. I'm flipping excited because it means we're going into the second leg ahead. It'd be nice to have a bit more cushion, but you'd have probably taken two one before the game. Tell me your full and comprehensive thoughts on the first leg. Well, it's difficult for me to do that, mate, because I actually didn't get the chance to watch it because obviously I was in Canada, and I was at the time it's three. It was on at three p.m. there, and I was preparing for the big monthly uh, business review meeting that I was over there for. Um, and they happened to put it slap bang in the middle of the game. I was there all week, and it happened. That is end. rubbish. Right. And I, that is annoying was, and rubbish. Even I was at the movie. I was like, I even had a ticket for this event, and you've you've asked me to fly over there, so you could at least move yeah. the meeting. And they were like, no, so I can watch it. Uh, How many other people in the meeting? Um, Six six other people. It was basically me, my colleague, and then presenting to the board of directors. So it was um, was so four people who pretty intense could have moved it. Yeah, they could have moved it, but they don't. They don't. Don't really understand. They're like, oh, whatever. Are they Canadianese? Yeah, they are indeed. So yeah, didn't really understand, but um. I did manage to get, it was delayed a little bit. So I did manage to follow some of it on a random website, which had like a, a picture of the Another one that popped up. And it was like, a, <laughs> and I did get, and it was like a, it was like a, a live score app of some kind. And it basically followed the game like a pass map. So you could see where the ball was on the pitch, oh, yeah. who was yeah. in possession, whether it was oh, a shot. Oh, Ben Rama's got it on the corner side. of the area. Oh, goal kick to it out. So well. every time, every time it went out on the left, I was like, go on, Saeed, go on, go on. <laughs> And then it'd be like shot off target. So like, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, of course it will. Yeah. Um, and so I, I managed <laughs> yeah. to watch maybe cross that. slash shot. We're not really sure. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I watched. I say watched. I followed about sixty percent of the game via this really weird. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Um, so I didn't really get a feel of what was going on, other than it seemed like in the first half, AZ enjoyed a lot more of the possession, um, and then we come out firing in the second half and kind of sort of got, got ourselves back on top. Um, mm. But I didn't actually know the final score until I, I walked out of the meeting about, about maybe an hour after the game finished, frantically turning my phone on um, and then jumped around the office um, 
with a lot of really weird Canadian people looking at me going, what on earth is he doing? Um, so um, people are high-fiving me, and they, they just don't really know why they're high-fiving me, high-fiving me yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, fact is, we won. I've seen the highlights. Yep. Um, yep. Ariola should do better for their goal. Um, it was a foul in the build-up. Um, Harsh as well. And, yeah, we're probably unfortunate not to have taken two-goal cushion. Um, but it's very difficult for me to comment beyond that because I didn't really see all the games. I didn't really get an idea of the flow or anything like that. But no. um, just all in all, just buzzing that we, that we won the first leg. You know what, mate? It was really entertaining. They came out like a, you know, um, oh, what's the, oh, this is going to be one of my analogies. I was going to say like a rat up a drain pipe, but that's not the analogy for coming out the blocks quick, is it? They you like say explode. they came out the blocks quick. Exploded out the blocks. That yeah. would work, wouldn't it? Yeah, All right, we'll go with that. So they exploded out the box. I think the actual phrase is like, and I'm going to swear. So if you listen to this podcast, you don't because we're normally pretty PG. Uh, it's like shit off a shovel. That's that's the phrase, isn't it, for coming out? Something happens quickly. It's the first time I've heard that, but I'm going to take your word for it, mate. I like really? That. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Well, yeah. that's, you know, uh, I think that is the phrase. Anyway, I said out my, like, started well and fast. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, and it felt like we were playing their game rather than making us play theirs. They, but credit to them, like they were properly really tight when they were defending, like right up people's backs. A real high intense, like high intensity style of play, like all over any balls that came up to the the front players, they were right tight marking them all over them. And I say the ref just decided you. Should, weren't going to give any fouls. He'd really like to see a Dutch team in the final. Uh, so that played into their hands as well. But what I did admire from West Ham, although it was one of those where you think, come on, wrestle back control of this game, they matched them for effort. They were properly, you know, it was really entertaining. You could feel that it was like a big game. Like you'd never see a Premier League game start like that because it was frantic from the off. And West Ham were matching them, which I liked. And then, uh, obviously, you know, it got up to half time or whatever. Um, and in the second half, you always felt that the way they were playing wasn't sustainable because it was really, really high energy. And you just felt they were going to burn out before we did. And once we started getting on the ball, which is exactly what happened, then we started controlling it a bit more, conserving our energy a bit more. They were already used loads of theirs in the first half. And by the end of it, frankly, they were just desperate for the final whistle. Like it, it, I was sort of going, come on, come on, like kill them off now because they're here for the taking. Um, obviously, you know, Saeed Barama was, um, like had a shot from about 10 yards away in the penalty area, which could quite easily have gone in the corner, but he blazed that 12 yards over the bar. So um, could have been 3-1, um, but wasn't. <laughs> And but ultimately, I just thought it was. I thought it was a very entertaining game. I really enjoyed the evening and the game of football. And I thought West Ham did well to come back into it. And if you'd played for five to ten more minutes, we'd have easily, definitely scored again. Uh, it gives me confidence going into the second leg because they're going to have to come at us at some stage. When that will be, we don't know. And we know that we're most effective picking teams off on the counter attack. So, all in all, I. And pleased. Um, obviously, quite funny that um, Saeed Benrahma and Mikel Antonio scored the goals, <laughs> given yep. that they are the two players that fair. frustrate me the most. 
in the West Ham team. Um, but yeah, overall, <clears throat> it was a positive. Um, and yeah, really look forward to Thursday. We'll look ahead to that with Eredivisie Mike next um, before we look ahead to the Leeds game on the weekend with Darren from LS11 after that. But <sighs> we then went to Brentford Sunday Jonesy. I'm talking about Saeed Ben Rama and I wrote a piece for the paper in the week, um, just basically saying that, you know, commenting and elaborating a bit more in a bit more detail on what I have said on this podcast for quite some time, really, how Ben Rama really polarizes fans. Um, so I've really got time to go through it all in detail now. He's obviously going back to Brentford where he's much loved and even after all this time, <clears throat> my point was that Saeed Benrahma polarises fans. Obviously, it's obvious on the podcast where I sit with it. Um, and then the replies on Twitter basically just proved my point because you had half of the people going, ah, what are you talking about? How dare you even criticise him? He's our best player. He's amazing. Da, da, da. And then you had other people going, yeah, he frustrates the hell out of me. And it doesn't really matter where I sit on it. It wasn't about how I feel about him. It was how interesting it is that he polarises fans. And then my point was proven uh, when we posted it on Twitter. But he was absolutely outstanding against Alkmaar. Genuinely one of, if not the best game he's had for West Ham. And that's because off the ball, he worked his socks off. He was putting in slide tackles. I don't know what it was, but he whether he wanted it for the occasion or whatever, he was genuinely mustard and I think that it's that knowing that he's got that in him that I mean again the sitter at the end he missed was classic but obviously he's put the penalty away he was he was really skillful he, he did play well again weaker opposition than he'd play most weeks but not taking it away from him he genuinely was outstanding and I think it's performances like that that result in David Moyes' approach with him because I think he knows that that player is in there. And I tell you, mate, mm. if Saeed Benrahma played like he did on Thursday every single week, me and everyone else who's maybe slightly in the, you know, typically more frustrated by Benrahma would shut up immediately. If he played like that 80% of the time, he would be by far West Ham's best player by a million miles. I know this year he's been more of the best of a, or the least bad of a terrible bunch, right? Especially in the Prem. But he'd be by far our best player. But he, and, and I think that's what's frustrating. That's what frustrates people is that they know he's clearly gifted with such natural talent, unlike most of our other players. And you just think if you tapped into your full potential, you would be incredible. Well, first of all, I said this to you earlier, <clears throat> your, your ongoing hatred for Saeed Benrahm was getting a little bit weird. Um, but um, I, I do agree to an extent. I think, but I think it's worth pointing out that actually this season, when you compare it to last, and everyone said that he had a really good season last year. Yeah. Um, he's actually um, <laughs> almost, he's pretty much equaled his output in terms of goals and assists um, compared to last mm. season, this season. So last year he had 48 appearances, 11 goals, six assists. Mm. And this year is 49 appearances, 11 goals and five assists. So he's played one more game and got one fewer assist this season. Um, Who's I our best player, James? I just... Like, he's not as bad as everyone claims him to be. 
But I don't but think anyone the same says time, he's bad. But at the same time, I don't think he's as good as other people claim him to be. Yeah. Uh, but he. But the difference is, is that <clears> he <throat> could be as good. As yeah, that. definitely. Where he's he's never going to be as bad as people claim him to be. I don't think he's he's got... Like, he, is, yeah, he already he, is. Can't get any worse. Yeah, He's yeah. always teetering on the edge of being a lot better than he is of being a lot worse. Definitely. You know what I mean? Um, and that's that's why I like him. That's why I, I, I like him that he, he will just randomly pop up with a performance like that. Um, yeah, okay, he's, he's incredibly frustrating 80% of the time. But that mm. 20%, he delivers 11 goals and five or six assists a season. Like, But that's, that's rubbish. The, I mean, but for a player in his position, it's not when you think about it. No, but it is. The... Look at Jared Bowen. Jared Bowen has got one uh, goal contribution every 2.3 games. In a hundred, that's in the Premier League. In one hundred twenty-nine Premier League games for West Ham, He's one goal so contribution every two point three. No, you're talking all comps, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. For so Premier League talk- stats, so i.e. against the best opposition, Ben Rama's goal contributions are less than one every three games. Yeah, and for, for like you're bearing in mind, we've got a striker like Antonio in a team where the attacking midfielders are supposed to provide a lot of that stuff. Oh, I, I don't more, think ben, that's Ben good. Rama scored more goals in the Premier League this season than, than Bowen. <clears throat> Sorry? Six Bowen. No, in, in the whole time they've both been here. Okay. Well, obviously, Bowen had that class season last season. I mean, I, I, I'm not like saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that I... actually, his, like last year, he was our third highest goal scorer. Um, this season, he is our joint second highest goal scorer. Which I, which I yeah, that. Like, as he should like, be, we're, as he should look, be. We're looking for him to score goals, and that's what he's doing. He's scoring goals, and at the moment, he's scoring the same amount of goals as Jared Bowen, who everyone says is absolutely superb and class. Like, no, he's, he's having been, a terrible season. He's been more consistent. That's what than everyone's Jared saying. This um, yeah, this season. But if you look at the whole time they've both been at the club, that 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 is is undeniably true. Like it is that I'm those not, things. Yeah, are I don't. Factual. I'm not. Yeah, but I, I think a lot of people's frustration is born out of a lot of his performances this season. I think, again, then that's born out of the no, fact that everyone's disagree. been rubbish. Everyone's <clears> been rubbish <throat> this season. Yeah. He's been the least rubbish. He's been the least rubbish, yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I don't disagree with he that. Hasn't been, disagree that isn't that. the same as being good. That's all I'm but, saying. I know. That's fine. Um, but I, I like him. Um, I think mm. um, um, he's he's had a good season. And I wouldn't... I would... I will be voting for him as Hammer of the Year. Oh, mate. That infuriates you, me. Who do you but vote for that's instead? For no- I've already voted, mate. Declan Rice, obviously. Why? Why? Because it's his last because season. A little bit romantic, actually, is it? He's actually world class. And as I said last year, if we all vote him for Hammer of the Year and he wins it, he might actually stay. But at work class <laughs> year, I don't think it'll be the same <laughs> this season. No, no, no. no. But look, um, um, go on. yeah, uh, to be right, I think genuinely he is a naturally better football player by a mile than Jared Bowen. And I'm just saying, I think if he applied himself, and I think this is where Moyes comes from with it, if he applied himself even three quarters of the amount that Jared Bowen does, he'd be by far West Ham's best player. Now, genuinely, and I think that's probably where Moyes and lots of people's frustration comes from, is that it's like, you could be so much better than you are. Like, he's powerful, strong, he's probably our most skillful player. Um. And I just, yeah, just like after training, you do all the hard bits. You make all the hard bits make look really easy. And you do all the really easy bits, like just keeping a cross in play, look impossible. 
which is annoying. Anyway, can't dwell on that for too long. We lost 2-0 at Brentford on Sunday, James. Um, have you? Do you care about that at all? Because I'll be quite frank, it might as well have been a training game for the amount I was bothered by losing 2-0 at Brentford. Well, when the, when the if we lost 2-0 at Brentford, I'd have been a bit more annoyed. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I sort of starting eleven come out, and I was like, I, I even said out loud, "Home alone." Uh, I, I said out loud, uh, <laughs> "Well, we're going to lose that one two 0 And the worst brag ever. No one there to hear it. No one there to hear it. And I was like, "Yeah, that's two 0 And um, I was right. I was right. I should have put a bet on. But um, but it was it was just very obvious. I, I don't think Moyes would have been too pleased having to bring on Bowen and Rice in the second half just to make it look like he wanted to try and salvage something. Didn't um, have to, though. Didn't it have cares. to. We were going to lose that game from the off, um, which is a little bit frustrating. I saw a lot of fans complaining about squad depth afterwards, which which is a very valid argument. Um, uh, it's just it always seems like our second uh, sort of our second string is never up to the task, um, mm. which needs to be addressed in the summer uh, if we win the. The Conference League and have Europe again next year. They've got to fix squad depth massively. But I don't. Full time whistle went two 0 no goals in the second half. I was like, oh well. First, it's just it's a Thursday now. Like, looked, had, yeah. had a quick glance at the league table. Looked at the other results of the weekend and was like, yeah, no, that's fine, fine. Nothing to yeah. worry about. Crack on. Did any of our starting eleven get injured? No. Mm. Are we going to go down? No. Therefore, yeah. is that a positive outcome from the Brentford game? Yes. Yeah. Like that, that's literally it. <laughs> yeah, like, and it, it seems really weird like, having that train of thought after a game, after a Premier League game, but we've got far bigger things to, to think about on Thursday than worrying about finishing three more points above the relegation zone when we're not going to go down anyway. Like, whatever. Like, forget yeah. it. Like, it. It's not going to matter at the end of the season now. Um, we're likely just going to finish 15th where we are now. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's it. And that's which it. is just finish, as if we finish sixteenth instead of fifteenth. Then no, it's quite yeah. it's, it's five hundred grand fewer in position bonuses at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Whatever. It's yeah, what I'm is. with you. The one, the one thing that is worth sort of noting from the game, I suppose, is that I did think it was a bit of a scandal uh, that the goal got disallowed for Divin Mbama's handball. What's he meant to do? Which is like the harshest <laughs> thing ever. But again, if I cared about the game at all, or it was a goal that would have seen us win or draw it, I might have made a bigger deal of it on the podcast. As it happens, I don't, and it didn't. So no. all about Thursday this week. That much is obvious. Um, we will speak to Eredivisie Mike next. He's returns. He is an expert on all things Dutch football. He came on last week and he's coming on again, which is next. Then it's Darren from LS11 to chat about Leeds, whether they're going down. Uh, my general hatred of, of having Sam Allardyce back in Premier League football and what the game is going to play out like on Sunday. Struggling, Jonesy to care about that as well, quite honestly. Because it's like, if we win, if we win on Thursday, again, it'll just be like, well, I don't want anyone to get injured, rest players again. Nice to go at the home game of the season in a good mood still. I think that'll be good and to like see the boys off um, ahead of the final. Uh, but if we lose, then it's just a bit like, oh, then everyone's like, oh, this has actually been a naff season. Uh, like if we don't get through to the final, I mean, it's been a naff season. The Premier League's rubbish. Like uh, I, I, the only thing then that it will be worth going for is to boo Big Sam, won't it? 
Yeah, I think that's probably why most people are going. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like well, a valid reason, if you ask we, me. We need we need a point, don't we, to be mathematically, statistically sure that we're staying in the Premier League. We um, are flipping staying if, in the Premier League. If we win, <laughs> if we if we win on Thursday, I would not be surprised if it was the second string. Um, for the next two games, we'll probably lose both and give Leeds and Leicester yeah. a little bit of a chance of staying up themselves. Yeah, um, kind of do them and a favour. Might go um, down. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, that'd be nice. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really care. I don't really care. Whatever. Just, I just, I just don't care about anything other than going to Prague. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, literally, the one thing. Lots of books. Don't care. I just want to be there, and I want to be there for a reason, not because we're like fright so much. We'll just go anyway. Yeah, yeah I want yeah, to be yeah. there for a reason. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, the only thing that sort of says I really wanted Leeds to stay in the Premier League until they appointed Sam Allardyce. I, mean, I really like Leeds. I like the the, the fans. I think they're, they're a decent fan base. They're they're a good. The Premier League is better with a, a Leeds in it rather than a West Brom or a you know a Sheffield United, Norwich or a Sheffield yeah, United. Yeah. Burnley. Um. So yeah, I really wanted them to stay up. Then they appointed Big Sam. No, I want them to go down. That's yeah. as much of it is. So, yeah. yeah. It's, but I probably want West Ham to win more for that reason because it will send Allardyce down <laughs> um, rather than actually it means us getting points and finishing 14th, like you said. Whoopee-doo. Anyway, uh, two opposition views coming up. Eredivisie Mike next, ahead of the huge game this week, Thursday night. Away, second leg of the Europa Conference League semi-final. Placing the final in Prague up for grabs. Then we'll speak to Darren from the LS11 podcast, head of the Premier League Clash with Leeds on Sunday. So I'm delighted to say joining us on the podcast for a second time, he's back a week later, is Michael Statham or Eredivisi Mike on Twitter. Mike, great to have you back. A thoroughly entertaining game, I thought. On Thursday at London Stadium in the Europa Conference League semi-final first leg, West Ham going behind a little bit as a run of play, I thought. Um, and but then coming back, reasonable win. I think Al- Alkmaar were probably there for the taking at the end, or we could have got another one, which would have made it a little bit more comfortable going to Holland on Thursday night. But a huge, huge occasion. For certainly for West Ham, obviously for for AZ as well. But before we get into to Thursday, what did you make of of the first leg? Yeah, it was wasn't the most exciting game, but I think it was just like tense, wasn't it? For both sides, it was a game that both sides wanted to do really well in for obvious reasons, and because of that, we didn't see the best football. I think AZ kept the ball better. I do think they had West Ham kind of where they wanted them for an hour. Then after West Ham kind of got ahead of steam, got the fans back on side, you could see why they were the Premier League team. And I think, yeah, you're right. Had the game gone much longer, I think the third goal might have come for West Ham. I just wanted to find a whistle, I think, at the end. Yeah. But I think what a lot they, they did a lot of things right. And I think they made West Ham suffer. And I think they didn't enjoy it for a long a long time. And I think that's due to what I said was doing really well. Hmm. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree, actually. That first half, I would describe it as frenetic. I thought the whole game was really entertaining. Like I really enjoyed the whole game. And in the first half, I thought, you're right, actually. It was probably, that was the sort of game that, that you know, Azed wanted to play. I think the ref 
honestly, I do think the European <laughs> style of refereeing helped the European based team. Uh, I, yeah, I just thought it, that that and the way that that AZ were playing, it was more of a yeah an AZ friendly first half, and it was one of those situations. I was worried that West Ham like the heads you could lose the heads or whatever, but fortunately. I think we were matching, although the quality perhaps wasn't there for West Ham in the first half, I think they were matching AZ for effort, which is important, which was important and meant we were still in the game. I think you know, the goal's pretty much against the runner play. It comes after uh, lots yeah. of people in the stadium were calling for a foul on Lucas Paqueta. I thought that probably was a bit soft in hindsight. Ariola may do better, but that was really all... That the, the sort of the main threat, the only time really felt threatened, and it was a decent strike from a long way out. Um, yeah, I was sort of pleased with the, the way the game turned out. What's the what's the feeling among uh, AZ fans? Do you think were they sort of pleased with with the way it went? Um, obviously, not a great uh, result, but far far from over. I no. think the manager was talking afterwards about being very confident in the second leg. Yeah, the fans didn't seem really downhearted by it. They weren't frustrated by the performance or anything like that. But that says a lot about where I was as a club. Their expectations are skyrocketed as high as the top three, you could say, in the Netherlands. And Arzé being being there is brilliant in itself. But I think the expectation should be higher now. They, 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 it's a really good it's a really good side, and I think they didn't play as well as maybe they could have done. Um, I think we'll see on this Thursday uh, how much of a good team they are. I hope <laughs> touch wood for for my, for my perspective. Um, because they're getting some players back. I think at home as well, they'll have more of a threat. There's been occasion in London. So I think home advantage is a big factor in all this, uh, this stage. I think, um, yeah, I think the players coming back will, will, make, a, will make a difference here. Um, they, the fans weren't too disappointed. Like I said, that the, the reaction after the game was not a negative one. It was, you know, well played, well fought, well, well performed, if you like. And second leg, they, they're still confident. Yeah. Sort of still in it, I get. Well, obviously still in it. One goal yeah. deficit is, is certainly not uh, insurmountable, or certainly, yeah, not insurmountable at all. One thing I would note, though, I thought the after our chat, I was sort of expecting a few less fans, but they they filled up the away end pretty much. I saw a few empty seats towards the back of the upper tier, but the the away end was pretty filled up, making a lot of noise before the kickoff in the early stages. Obviously, when they scored as well. And I genuinely thought they really made an, an occasion of it. I, I, just, I was sort of quietly um, surprised and impressed, basically. I, I genuinely thought um, they made made an occasion of it. There was still that sense, I think, where you know, I was pleased West Ham you know, came back into the game as they did. Well, who are the players coming back? I know you mentioned a couple of absentees last week on, on the podcast. Who are the players coming back and what are they likely to to bring or inject into the RZ side? I'll start with a player that is definitely coming back in. Um, that's Milos Kerkes, the left-back teenager, and he's a flying, flying forward all the time, carries a lot of threat with him um, down the left side. Yep. That's where RZ's main kind of threat comes from. He's, he's a class player, uh, really like Loves his overlapping runs um, into the box. Um, then in front of him, it depends what Pascal Janssen, the manager, wants to do. He could keep Van Bredoda, who didn't actually play too badly. He scored at the weekend. 
But yes, Carlson is back, and he's our Zed's arguably best player. Best player. Yeah. He's tricky left winger, and just has that magic. And when he came off the bench at the weekend, he didn't. Um, he played half an hour. He didn't score a goal. He, but he did have that a one run that he went. He jogged through like four or five different players, and he hit the post. And it was like that's what they've been missing. That bit of magic. And even though I was yeah. in five-one, it just missed that bit of spark. Um, mm. against West Ham and I think that that would be really welcome back into the sides um, then there's a yeah. third player could come in might come off the bench I think and that's Danny DeVitt who's um, a leader in that midfield he plays as number 10 behind the striker uh, good aerial threat um, yeah he's a decent player and I've missed him since January yeah. so I think he might come off the bench yeah 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 no fair enough no I, 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 honestly I was I was impressed and I think like you said I, I, they really worked hard to create some opportunities and like really gave it to West Ham like hammer and tongs early that was clearly the plan like you know tight marking get up don't give them any a second to breathe and with that high intensity play you can't really maintain it for 90 minutes and I think like you said it was probably played out the way they wanted it to certainly for the first half and then I just sensed they started to tire a bit and by the end they were kind of all over the place um and I was disappointed that West Ham didn't proper go for the juggler uh, at the end and, and perhaps get another goal that they, they could have done. But like you say, if it did they did seem a bit blunt going forward. There was some sort of quite nice, tidy sort of stuff off the back of the hard work. But you sense they were, they were fighting so hard off the ball and for all the 50-50s and to defend real, with real high intensity that sometimes when they got the ball, it just felt unsustainable across 90 minutes. It but did. And um, when they were going forward, Pavlidis, the main goal threat, I guess, the striker, didn't get on the ball enough in those great areas. I was at one, wasn't there, where he was played through. And I think it was a last ditch defender kind of got his foot out, or was it offside? Mm. Can't remember exactly. Yeah. That was where, like, oh, that's what Pavlidis is good at. And he didn't have many of those chances. But that's what mm. Arsene was doing to get him higher at the pitch, um, given yeah, the right yeah. kind of balls. And also, yeah. Jordi Classy midfield had a decent game, and he was trying to tell the players to calm down when um, West Ham were on top. He was like, "Just, just calm down." Like, you see, he had experience; he's been been through it before those big games against English teams. But I think the youthful nature of the team just kind of showed there, and they just hmm. haven't had enough experience in those kind of big occasions. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. So Thursday, then. What what are you expecting? It's obviously nicely poised from a, a neutral's point of view, I suppose. I gather I, I think both teams sort of came out the first leg feeling reasonably positive about it. What are you expecting? I said obviously, you know, still need to win the game to to give themselves a, a shot of, of progressing to the final. What how are you expecting they'll approach that? Hammer and tongs, early doors again and, and try and get ahead, or will they be a little bit more measured and conservative this time? It'd be a difficult one for the manager. Whilst Jansen's a bit more of a conservative manager than his predecessor on a slot, it's just on the title final. I do think they're gonna come out um out of blocks. I think they'll they'll go for a goal quite early. I think it'll be an attacking performance all round from them. Um that, that's what I'm predicting. I, I, don't, I don't see Anthony just suddenly changing what he's done really well in, in 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 games that he has to win. I know before that he's thrown the kind of kitchen sink early on and it's worked and it hasn't gone against his side. I think what well, West Ham mm. are going to have a joyous counter attack. This is where the away goal would have been really good for West Ham. Um, 
because I think you can catch ours without the counter attack this time. I think in mm. London it was all about the physicality. I felt sadly yeah. I was kind of proven right. I think the physical nature of it all, second half, really caught up with them. You could just see West Ham mm. winning header after header. I'd love to see the stats for the amount of things they won in the air. Um, because they, they they either had to lose the header, win the second ball, or they had to cause a foul. <laughs> they, were, yeah. they were they were they were having foul to get out of sick situations because they couldn't have been the aerial duels against Antonio and whatnot. Yeah, um, and I think this time it's going to be much like that unless it's a set piece. I think West Ham using Ben Ramon and players just out of the counter attack. That's how you will get your joy. Um, they're not slow defenders, but if they're going to commit their fullbacks forward, especially Kirkes on the left side, um, there's going to be a gap opening up for sure. Yeah, no, fair enough, mate. Fair enough, lad. I was sort of, I don't know, I was equal parts excited and nervous. Uh, I wish I was going out there. I sort of couldn't quite pull this one off. Um, yeah, really, yeah. I don't know. It's just I'm racked with nerves. I sort of, I sort of am. I just sort of think that, you know, if we don't, you've mentioned before, it's sort of 18,000 seat stadium or whatever the atmosphere. I'll say I was really impressed with the AZ fans the other night. So you can imagine the atmosphere is going to be good, but West Ham have, uh, have played in some big atmospheres before, particularly in Europe. One of our most famous nights, the 3 0 win away at Lyon. Uh, last season in the Europa League, the atmosphere was vociferous in there. So I, I don't think that's, you know, that's not going to overwhelm the players too much. I just think, like you said, I think. That we're a counter-attack inside, so I think if we can, if that's what's going to happen, and AZ come out early, which I think they're going to have to do, or they're going to have to yeah. come at us at some point. I think if we take advantage, I could genuinely see us having the game put to bed by half time, if or having the tie put to bed, if like you say, AZ come out early and then West Ham hit them on the counter-attack. Like they know they can. I, d I don't know how it's going to play out, really. But I I'm sort of, yeah, I don't know. I, it's an odd feeling, really. Because, I mean, last year with the Europa League, I was head over heels for it. And I, it was a, a wonderful experience, one of the best of my life. There is, obviously, with, with this competition, every single round thus far, we've been expected to win and go through. So there haven't been these, you know, we yeah. beat Sevilla home and away. And then we beat Leon home and away and then ran Eintracht Frankfurt close. There was this real sense that you were part of it. And it was amazing. I think with this one, we're sort of still expected to win, particularly going into it in a winning position. So that is an, a strange situation to be in. We're kind of expected to win the whole competition now, which is odd. But I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to the game. Who did uh, AZ play at the weekend, mate, just quickly? Uh, FC Emmen, who had side batting the drop. Um Right, they had right, a fair. terrible first half, so I was just go go after goal and got the tie. Uh, got the fixture just done early. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, look, Mike, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on uh, this week again. Really appreciate your time last week and this week again ahead of that that game on on Thursday night. I give you the chance for a score prediction last week. I think you went for a draw. Um, so I'll give you one more chance this week. West Ham leads <laughs> 2-1 going into the away leg, semi-final of the Europa Conference League. Second leg, a chance of getting to a European final. First major final it will be since 2006 with the FA Cup, if we can get there. It's a huge game, an absolutely enormous game for West Ham. Same for AZ, no doubt. But give us a score prediction, Mike, before we let you go. don't know if it was on my own podcast, but I'm sure I predicted 2-1 West Ham. Um, but I might have said draw on this one. I was trying to be a bit. I think you did. Yeah, I think you did. I might have done. 
Um, I'm going to say 2-1 on his head. I think extra time. And then after that, no idea. Maybe West Ham United extra time. That'll please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's a little part of me that hopes but doesn't expect, like I said, what I'd absolutely adore. Two nil at half time, and I can get my flights to Prague booked. <laughs> Got the house lined up already. Um, yeah, that's 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 all I want. Nice and comfortable at half time. I, I I don't, you know, you never know. I don't you know if it know. is, mate. I don't know if it is. <laughs> no, West Ham. If they just turn up and play the game, we can. I think it benefits us with the other team having to attack and come on to us. But you just never know. This season's been a weird one. I'm just hoping with every single sinew in my body that we can do it. But listen, Mike's been absolutely great having you on the show. Thanks very much for giving us your time this week and last. Michael Statham there or at Eric the Vizzy Mike on Twitter. Go over and follow him because all of his uh, his content's really good. He knows everything there is to know about the uh, Dutch top flight and all of its teams. We're going to give him a follow if you like. It's a huge game on Thursday. I sort of, I'm, I can't wait. I, I just can't wait. I know all of you listening feeling exactly the same. It's a real chance to to finish this season on a high and and deliver something that, that we've sort of been hungering after for so long. It's absolutely massive for West Ham. So, yeah, thanks for joining us, Mike, and stay with us because you will have an opposition view ahead of Sunday's Premier League game against Leeds with Darren from LS11 next before me and Jonesy try and contain our anticipation and excitement for Thursday night with some final thoughts. So joining us once again on the We Are West Ham podcast, I'm delighted to say it's Darren from the LS11 to look ahead to that game on Sunday, 1.30 kickoff against Leeds in the Premier League. Darren, delighted to have you on the show again. Great to have you back. I hope we'll have you back next season with Leeds precariously hovering above the relegation zone as it stands. I have already been been on your podcast this week and I basically said I really really don't care about this game of football given that we've got a Europa Conference League semi-final second leg which has been the talk of this podcast been the talk of all Hammers fans in the week I'm having some stress about that Uh, so to think ahead to the fact we've got Leeds at home in the Premier League on Sunday and I have to watch Sam Allardyce in the flesh once again, which I never thought I would have to do, uh, is, is actually quite something to get my head around at this stage. First of all, how are you? How are things going? How are you feeling about Leeds? I said you're hovering above the relegation zone. I'm afraid I was incorrect. You're actually in the relegation zone in 18th on 31 at time of recording with two games to go. Leicester below you having a game in hand over you as well. How are you feeling? Um, I I think most Leeds fans are feeling maybe a teensy, a teensy bit better than they did after going away to Bournemouth and losing really quite convincingly, which was the death knell for uh, Javi Grazia. Uh, I think at that point, if you'd asked most Leeds fans, they would have said, nah, that's it, but we are done. But over the last few weeks, there's been, I mean, it's the hope that kills you, Will. It's the hope that kills yeah. you. 
I think there's there there is a, a a small chance. There is a small chance that maybe Leeds can sort of like eke out some sort of great escape, but. Other results need to. It's the usual crap, isn't it? Other results need to go their way. Uh, they need to pull out a couple of amazing performances, and there's, there's been just a couple of signs that you know things have have changed a little bit. It was interesting your your thoughts on Big Sam because, of course, um, West Ham have got you know quite a history uh, with Sam Allardyce. But it was look, I think it was a shock for a lot of Leeds fans as well. That was a name that you know suddenly. Fabrizio Romano was saying he was getting the job and everybody's like, what? And of course, mm. if Romano says it, it's happening. Um, and then lo and behold, there he was, um, which was, it, it was a, a bit of a shock. And, you know, I'd said this on our podcast a few weeks ago after it had been announced. It's quite staggering to think that 15 months ago, Marcelo Bielsa was in charge and they've gone from champagne to gravy in, in the matter of, you know, less than 18 months. It's, it's quite staggering, but may, maybe the <laughs> big Sam is what, what, what they needed, but I think maybe it's too little too late. This after they got rid of Jesse Marsh in what was that February, maybe mm. if they were going to twist and put Sam Allardyce in, Maybe that was the time to do it, but that was never going to happen because the director of football, Victor Orta, Big Sam is not a Victor Orta appointment. So uh, obviously in that same week, Victor Orta left the club um, and then, of course, Big Sam came in. So maybe that sort of change should have happened when they got rid of Jesse Marsh. Um, and it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you see all of these sort of older managers coming back in. You know, look at what Roy Hodgson did at Crystal Palace and and even in the championship, Neil Warnock at Huddersfield Town. Unbelievable. Mm. So you sort of think, well, maybe if they'd have done something, but it's if, buts and maybes, really. And they're sort of he's got, he had four games. He's lost uh, to Man City, but, you know, they certainly didn't get wiped off the ball, which we th- certainly thought they would have done. And they nearly nicked something out of that uh, at the end of it um, and could have won the Newcastle game. They could have won yeah. that. Bamford missed a penalty. Um, and uh, But it's, again, it's, it's fine margins, isn't it? You Realistically, they were there for the take in Newcastle at one point in that game and they needed to take that chance, yeah. um, which they didn't. And now it's obviously West Ham. I'd imagine the atmosphere will be uh, buzzing. Hopefully, if you you win the semi-final uh, against Alkmaar, um, then the atmosphere should be absolutely buzzing. Is that is that your last home game of the season? Yeah, it will be. Enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it should be a game, yeah. buzzing. It should be a buzzing atmosphere, and plus there'll be a little bit more. I don't know, needle with it, because of course, um, with Big Sam coming back, it'll be interesting to see the welcome that he gets uh, from mm. the West Ham. I think it, you know what generally will be interesting because there are some, I mean, including Sam himself, who will, will <laughs> say he was a good manager for us. He got us back into the championship, but that was just years of just existing in the Premier League after that. You know, his first year back, I think we came 10th, and then it was a couple of turgid seasons after that. Um, it's just interesting. Well, it's not interesting. So, I've, I've wanted to see the back of him a long time ago. In football, I think football and the Premier League are worse place with with him in it. I understand where he provides value. Same with uh, Warnock now, and you know they're just firefighters, aren't they? Is is effectively exactly. what they are. Yeah. Um, it's odd with Leeds, right, Darren? Because 
you mentioned to go from Bielsa to to Marsh, and then uh, as as they've done, did you forgive me if I'm wrong? Was it what was the orders? Bielsa Marsh, Bielsa uh, Marsh, Grazia, and then was it straight uh, to Grazia? Was no one in between? Yeah. No, yeah, and then Big Sam. So, I mean, it it just seems that, that doesn't seem. Leeds seem like a team now, and I understand it. You know, under Bielsa, they were they. Everyone knew what Leeds you were getting, right? So then it took a punt on Jesse Marsh, who I don't know why it is because I know results weren't great. I just sort of was left feeling he was actually an all right manager. I don't know why I thought that. You might correct me, but you obviously stayed up last year. But it just appears now that you're after post Bielsa you're just a club and I don't know what you stand for anymore. And it almost feels like your owners don't either because yeah. what are you going for? What's your trademark? What style of play do they want? Because it must be difficult for the players to have gone from Bielsa, which is a very specific way of playing football, and then to Marsh, which was a little bit more pragmatic, it seemed. And then to Gracia, I don't know if anyone knows what sort of football heavy Gracia plays. It was just another one on the Watford treadmill and then now to big sam the players must be like bloody hell you know i've gone through four really thick playbooks in the last 18 (laughs) months or whatever it's been and i just don't know what leads are about anymore or what they what even sort of team you want to be or whatever and it just feels like after you survived under marsh and then gave up on him when you gave up on him i know it was bad but it felt like you if you're going to give up on someone like that, uh, do it, at least have a plan of what you want to be, where you want to go or who you want to be after that. And you just seem a bit devoid of that. Yeah, I, I think you've, you've hit the nail exactly on the head, really. I don't think they had a plan after Bielsa, really. Mar- if Marsh no. was the plan, well, it wasn't a very good one. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he kept leads up by the skin of their chinny-chin-chin on the final day of last season with an away win. Brentford. Yeah, yeah, Brentford, uh, which was fantastic, and you can, you know, it, you know, avoiding relegation on the last day feels just superb. But then you got to look, you know, they got rid of uh, Bielsa. What was it in the February? <clears throat> uh, they didn't back him in the January transfer window. They then they got rid of him, and that left a, a bit of a nasty taste in the mouth, I think. And all in the sort of like the background of everything is that there's a a bit of a takeover. So uh, the San Francisco Sports. Mm-hmm. Miners are, are uh, quite big shareholders now in Leeds United. They have got a deal in place with the current owner, Andrea Radrazzani, to completely take the club over um, mm. in the coming, I think it's in the next 18 months, I think the next the deal is. Um, but I, I think there's all of this sort of uncertainty sort of like off the pitch. So you're sort of thinking, well, you know, where are the decisions coming from the board and where are the decisions coming from the management to to put in place that plan? Because there didn't seem, with that Bielsa plan, that was probably the best thing that Victor Orta ever did while he was at Leeds United was getting, Vic, uh, was getting Marcelo Bielsa because um, uh, the, the style of football, the, the whole... Um, the whole ethos around the club just completely changed from what had been, you know, realistically since they got relegated uh, 16 years before, it had just been hell um, mm. all the way through sort of the league one days, the championship. Um, and they finally seemed like they've just got things right. 
Um, yeah. And um, and then you know a bit of a sticky time with Bielsa, and they it was sort of, poor, wasn't it? It was poor. Like, it got Bielsa bad. at the end. It did get bad at the end, definitely. But you know they needed some support. You know, with uh, Calvin Phillips was out for the season, uh, pretty much, and they didn't uh, back him in the January transfer window. And mm. I think you know that was one of the problems. I think really, but. Um, Marsh, I don't think of, he talked a good game. That was the thing. He always talked a good game. Yeah, maybe that's why I got. And he was always thinking he was decent. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's no surprise that sort of like, you know, the Apple TV Plus series, Ted Lasso came out around the same sort of time. Everybody loves Ted. Uh, Mm. So I don't know if it was sort of like the same thing. Everybody think, oh, we've got Ted Lasso. No, Mm. no, we didn't. Um, But yeah. And so then going from. Jesse to Javi Grazia. And when Grazia took over, I mean, again, there was no yeah, plan. You were right for a bit, though, weren't you? They were okay, but there was no plan in place for when they got rid of Marsh. So they went through, I mean, I think he was like the fifth choice. And it was like every manager they'd gone for. And it's like, well, if you're going to pull the trigger on a manager, at least mm. know you've got someone signed up because they'd obviously got Marsh signed up before they pulled the trigger on Bielsa. Yeah. So why didn't they have that same foresight when they were getting rid of Marsh? And mm. then they went through all these different uh, Iriola and Arnie Slot and all of these names just suddenly went, nope. Uh, yeah. And you think, oh, my God. And then Grazia, I mean, lots of Watford fans were saying, oh, it's a great style of football. He's going to be really good. And it, it did turn it around for a little bit. And then just suddenly, I don't know what happened, but it was in the Crystal Palace game. Um, Leeds were 1-0 up. <laughs> That 5-1? Yeah, we were 1-0 up, and then they equalised maybe a minute before half-time. Something happened in that half-time, and just everything fell to pieces. Within three mm. weeks, he was gone, and they'd yeah. shipped like, the most goals conceded in a Premier League record month. Yeah. So it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stat, that was. Yeah, it was uh, it was insanity. So something happened in that half time, and then the whole house of cards came falling down. So yeah, yeah. And now we are where we are, Big Sam. <laughs> yeah, God, honestly, yeah, uh, it still gives me shivers. <laughs> I said to you on your podcast, still having therapy uh, from <laughs> the time I had to spend watching him uh, manage West Ham in the Premier League, in particular, but. Look, it's funny, actually, Darren, because on this podcast, every week we have the opposition views. And I always go, so how do you expect the game to play out style-wise? Well, I don't need to ask you. I know exactly how the game's going to play out. But, yeah, you you sort of, you know, you're unlucky against Newcastle, like you say. Um, Yeah, how do you expect the game to play? So much of it, West Ham-wise, is related to... Thursday night. Thursday night, of course. Yeah. And I almost think either way, to be quite honest, either way, it's a meh game for West Ham. Because yeah. if we're still in the Conference League final, that's all that matters. If we're not, the mood's going to be a bit downbeat. And it's sort of like on the beach time and you sort of, the season's sort of been a little bit grim then, if you know what I mean. Um, so... Yeah, I think the best hope for a good game is if we win on Thursday because all yeah. the players then are going to fancy they want to get into the uh, team, be in the chance of, a, of playing in the final, blah, blah, blah. So I think that's the best hope because otherwise the mood's going to be a bit 
uh, bleak. Well, how do you see the game plan out then from a Leeds point of view? And I say style-wise, what, what have you noticed Sam's changed in the short time he's been there? Well, certainly, look, I mean, pretty obviously they were, as we've just mentioned, they were shipping goals for fun. So that's certainly um, one thing. I mean, look, he's had two games. I mean, he had like, you know, maybe two days with the players before the Man City game and he had a week with them before the Newcastle game. But you can see, I mean, he's changed the goalkeeper. Melier was having a bit of a bit of a sorry run. He's a great keeper. Mm. Um, he was making some some really silly mistakes. And, you know, he's he's still really, really young, Melier. He's only, what, 21, 22. So, um, you know, he could be playing till he's 50. Um, yeah. So he's, he's uh, I think it might, it was probably a good idea to sort of like take uh, him out of the equation and put Robles in. And Robles is a little bit more uh, vocal. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of likes, likes to rough up some strikers and just like get in their heads. Mm. Um, so he's a little bit more, he's more, he's a more Sam Allardyce type of keeper, I think. And he's sort of like changed that sort of like, uh, he's, he's sorted out the defence more than anything else, I think. You know, he's he's made it a little bit. He's brought Robin Cock uh, into a more sort of like a, a defensive midfield uh, rather than as a centre-back. He's put Christiansen, uh, off of being a, a left back and put him as a centre back, and that seems to have worked wonders. He's suddenly, mm. he's suddenly like a completely different player. So, just these couple of little things ha- have actually made quite a bit of difference. And you just sort of think, you know, it's not a difficult game football if you just sort of like pick and choose <laughs> players in the right positions. Things actually work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Some of the players have, you know, I don't think it's a new manager bounce because I think it's too late in the season for that. But it, I think some of the players were just sort of playing in it, not in their right positions. Um, so I think that's the main thing that he seems to have done uh, is just sorting out that defence, really. I mean, they need to start scoring more or taking their chances. It's probably, uh, the, you know, Rodrigo's been brilliant this season, uh, but Bamford's been a bit up and down. Uh, he's, he missed one uh, against Leicester, uh, and of course he missed one uh, at the weekend uh, against mm. Newcastle penalty, when probably Rodrigo should have taken that penalty, but uh, Bamford took it, and you'd hope he would have scored it, got a bit of confidence back, um, but that didn't happen. So yeah, they need to they need to get their shooting boots on, um, and you, you know, we've got this club record striker that um, they bought in January, Jorginho Ruta, who's hardly kicked a ball for them, but he is playing in the under-21s tonight and he scored. So, um, there you go. So, who knows? Maybe, who knows what could happen? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Well, look, I think West Ham fans sort of know what to expect from Allardyce. I don't think it's going to be pretty. But, Darren, before we let you go, let's have a score prediction from you. West Ham well, v think, Leeds, London Stadium, one thirty kickoff on Sunday. I think look, Leeds have to win. I think it has to be, and it'll be probably. I can't usually come up with ridiculous score lines, and the last few you weeks, do, yeah. I was getting them right, but for the alternate way of doing it. <laughs> but but uh, I actually think um, it. You're right. It's going to be turgid, um, yeah. but attritional, typical mm. Saladice stuff. Um, hopefully your guys will be on the beach. I'm reckoning a, a cheeky 2-1 to Leeds. To Leeds, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Fair no, enough. No. Well, look, I'm good. I, I also think it's going to be all those adjectives you used. Um, all depends on what happens Thursday for West Ham, but I'm going to go, I don't know, either, either like, 
a one all or an, I was going to say nil nil, but I feel like one all is more likely because I think both defences are so bad. But uh, war of attrition indeed. But look, Darren, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on. Uh, as I've said to you on your podcast, uh, I like you. I like all of the Leeds fans that I know. I like Leeds as a club. I think the Premier League is better with you in it. Uh, and I wanted you to stay up until you appointed Big Sam. Uh, the fo- football and the Premier League is better off without him. So, unfortunately, I do hope you go down, which has given me even more of a reason to cheer us on against you on Sunday. But I do hope we speak to you next season, whether it's in the Premier League or the Cup. We will wait and see. But all the best. Yeah. It's Darren from LS11 there. Stay with us because you'll have some final thoughts from me and Jonesy next. Well, Josie, there you have it for another week. Oh, God, it's exciting. Oh, God, I'm nervous. Oh, God, it's... Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm in Scotland at the moment, James. Uh, and I'm massive faux pas, to be honest. I'm on a golf trip. Uh, I've got a couple of days of golf. Really, like, amazing place. Some amazing golf courses. On Thursday, like the culmination of the trip, there's, like, a really nice dinner, like jacket and tie and all that sort of stuff. And like a formal presentation awards thing, like based on the two days of golf, um, and it's like a sort of work-linked event that I'm on. And yeah, it's like it starts at half seven. Oh, I know. I mean, oh. honestly, mate, I signed up for the trip no. like a while ago, and I didn't even clock. Like it just didn't. It was like a couple of months ago, and I didn't even click that. It didn't, and I sort of signed up for it, and then the risk fixtures come out. I was like, "Ah, oh, no, no." So I, I don't know what I'm going to do, especially as my plan with my dad is sort of about booking his flights, particularly. Um, You'll have to go missing for a couple of hours. It's, mate. I, yeah, it's it's not going to be a good look if I do though. Well, but I'm going to explain. Look, you know, to be fair, I, I host one of the biggest West Ham podcasts in the world. I know they're aren't that many that's a bit of a humble brag but <laughs> um yeah you know this is i can't let the thousands of people that download the podcast down by not watching our biggest game in history basically the difference between your predicament this week and mine last week is that you're going to be yeah. with people that know about sport and football and understands the what it what it means to support a football club and what it yeah. means to be in the european semi-final whereas i was well i'm in scotland pretty- though mate yeah, I know, but you're with work people, right? And they understand. Scottish um, football's barely Yeah, football, it's it? a little bit, yeah. But I was with people that were looking at me as if I wasn't yeah, even true. there when I was explaining to them how much it means to me. And they're just like, yeah, whatever, mate. Can you do this presentation? Yeah. So yeah. you've got a chance. That there is an outside chance you might be able to catch it. And because you're going to be in Scotland, you should still be able to catch it on your phone. Whereas I couldn't, it was geo-blocked where I was. I couldn't even want it. No, I will be able to watch it if I get out of it. Or what I might do... It would, this is genuinely the thing I might do is if I'm just going to have to stomach it, then I'm going to turn my phone off. Oh, I can't because I need to book flights. Oh, oh no. I was going to turn my phone off and then watch it back in my room later without knowing the score. Oh, that's, but, just, that's impossible. But that, yeah, that would right. be too hard. Anyway, Jonesy, quickly before we uh, I let you go, what's your score prediction for both games this week? I'm going to say we're going to win. Uh, we're going to win one nil uh, in Alkmaar, and then we're going to draw against Leeds one all. Give me a rubbish game of football. 
We're going to win one nil. Okay, you know what, mate? I think in Alkmaar, I think they're going to come at us early, like Mike Eredivisie Mike said. And I think we're going to hit them on the counter-attack. And I think we're going to be 2-0 up by half-time. And it's going to be party time, is what I think. And then the Leeds game on Sunday, again, it's energy even thinking about a scoreline. It's going to be ugly, isn't it? Of course, it's going to be ugly. Um, I think... I think both teams' defences are too bad for it to be a nil-nil, so I think it'll be a one-all draw. The, uh, but the, yeah. moment, the moment you said party time, I started feeling a little bit emotional, just thinking, oh my God, we are that close, aren't we? Mate, it's definitely party time. <laughs> Can't believe what it. What a week. What a week it is for West Ham. It's exciting times. Uh, yeah, huge. We could actually be in a European final by the time you hear from us next. It's amazing stuff. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone, as always. Wherever you're watching it this week, get behind the boys. It's huge for the club. It's huge for me and Jones, as you can hear. We know it's huge for all of you listening. West Ham United are on are two games away from being called European champions. What an amazing feeling. It's very exciting. I'm very nervous. But we can do it. Of course we can do it. Saeed and the boys, he can lead us to glory and a uh, bit of redemption. <laughs> um don't forget, as I've mentioned already, uh, I'm going down under in the summer for West Ham's two games in Perth. So get in touch uh, if you fancy, if you think you know you're interested in coming along, watching one of the us record a podcast, or just having a few pints with me, or whatever it might be. Get in touch at wearewestampod at gmail.com on the email at Twitter with we are underscore West Ham on Instagram as well. We are West Ham Pod. Search us on YouTube, all that sort of stuff. But get in touch. Uh, if you're going to be down there, really looking forward to meeting loads of our listeners uh, down under. Going to be in Adelaide uh, the week after the games as well. So don't forget that. I'm going to try and do like a live podcast thing down there as well, which is in the offing at the moment. It's really exciting. Follow us on all the socials. You can buy us a pint if you want as well. You know the score. If you listen every week, you know the drill. I'm too nervous to do the housekeeping properly. <laughs> West Ham United. Go to AZ Alkmaar on Thursday with a 2-1 lead. And all we need to do is draw to be in a European final. How exciting is that? After all the years of drab, turgid football that we've had with the odd bright season in amongst all of the averageness. Finally, finally, we've got something to be excited about. We've had a couple of decent seasons. Thanks to David Moyes. We hope... He can make it a third and salvage what's been a bit of an iffy campaign. And the first step on that road is Thursday night away in Holland. Good luck if you're going out there. Enjoy it. Get behind the boys. We know you will if you're watching at home. Amazing too. All we need to do is draw. Just don't lose to a team who are like fourth in the Dutch league. That's all we need to do. And West Ham will cement themselves, as we already know they are, as one of the most massive teams in the world. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay with us, stay with the team, and hopefully this time next week, West Ham will be in a European final. I keep on saying it because it doesn't really seem real. Thanks for listening. Up the Hammers, and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast.
Social Podcast Network.